Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blurb, where the back of a book meets a discerning look. Each week, best-selling author Sally Shields and publishing guru Dr. Kent listen to pitches from five authors vying for Book of the Week honors. Now live, on the air, with vigor and style, are Dr. Kent and Sally, the Bibliophiles. Hey there, everybody. It's another beautiful Wednesday out here in New York. I don't feel like summer really came this week. It's downright cold. Are you there, are you there Sally? I'm here. Do you hear me? I do. Oh, good. I've been looking for you on my little chat, and I don't see you with the bubble. The bubble didn't pop up. Well, I'm not always uh, around with the bubble, I have to say. But <laughs> uh, what do you think about the cold there in New York City? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's 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 beautiful weather, but it's um in terms of temperature. But it was just drizzling so much the past week and a half that it just kind of a little bit disconcerting. We had a couple of days in there, Monday, Tuesday, that were good. But then it was back to rain today. So, but I I don't mind the temperature. I find that it's a uh, it's it's quite a nice uh, balance. And I never begrudge the rain because I always think about the people that have droughts and how it must be in Arizona and places that don't have rain. And I guess I always try to look at look at the uh, positive aspects of the rain. <laughs> Indeed, and uh, it gives good inspiration to blurb if if you're stuck inside on a rainy day. Indeed. As a matter of fact, today I was actually reading one of our past winners' books and um, was really enjoying it. Cami Gray, who, who wrote the uh, the Denim Diet, finding it very fascinating. It was sort of kind of in my queue of books to read, and uh, I just picked it up today, and um, it, I can see she, why she won. I mean, it's a great book, aside from really knowing her stuff. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating read, very very personable, and pulls you right in. Well, without further ado, we've got eight blurbs on the show today. It's a special show uh, because our last week's winner, uh, Charles Jacobs, uh, wasn't able to make it on the show. Uh, we're going to go through eight blurbs today, uh, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, although we still do have a, a really wonderful uh, guest that's coming on to talk to us, um, somebody that I met last night at a wonderful bridal event. She's... Uh, a uh, pretty special lady. She does PR in Westchester. Um, one of her main clients is um, Diana Gould Flowers, and she's been on the Oprah show. I'm not looking at her bio right now, but she's done a lot of stuff, and she's going to be absolutely fascinating to talk to. So I appreciate the fact that she's cleared her schedule to speak with us tonight. And she's going to listen to a, hopefully a, a blurb or two with us and give her her, her take. Indeed. Which will be really fun. So let's let's start out uh, by saying today is a business show. And uh, both Sally and I are in business, so this is fun for us. Um, uh, what do you think about the business book category? Oh, well, gosh, I, I won't know until we hear it. I don't think we've had too many business books on the show yet. I mean, in general, uh, you have your queue of books, and Cammie Gray's got the denim diet, uh, and uh, we know you like books like that, but, but how about business books? Well, that's what I mean. I, I, it would be interesting to hear some of these blurbs, actually, because um, it's not typically the type of book that I would pick up for myself. So I'm absolutely interested to um, to check out all these business blurbs and see if they can catch my ear and get me interested. So do you like business books better than fiction? Uh, well, let's see. I, I would have to say yes. <laughs> I think that <laughs> anything that has to do with reality, it's just kind of, 
definitely takes precedence with, for me. How about you? I like fiction, but uh, only uh, really good fiction. And then I, I pretty much only like the kind of fiction that you can uh, read in one sitting on an airplane, you know, 350 pages, but really easy, and then toss it away. Yes, I know exactly so. what you mean. Anyway, but but in business books are, are such a funny category. You know, I feel like um, I've picked up a whole bunch, and I don't think I've ever read through one. <laughs> well, let's let's check it out. I'm curious to hear about these blurbs tonight. This will be very interesting. Now, do you want to tell us why you picked the business ca- category tonight? Uh, well, there were a whole bunch of people in the business category. Um, that we had a bunch of blurbs, of course, submitted over the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, a bunch of them fell into the business category, and there's some really interesting ones in here. Um, you'll get to hear them. I've I've been able to screen them just a touch, uh, and we'll we'll talk about them on the air, of course. Uh, but the business category is such a broad category that it's fun to. It's it's almost like nonfiction. It could be so many different things. So. Very interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So let's listen Who, to Diana like? Keys to start us off. Here's her business blurb. Love Talk Radio. Want to know the secret to selling your home faster and for the best price in today's tough market? The secret is staging. Hi, my name is Diane Kies. If you're selling your home or even thinking about it, this sold house is the book you've been waiting for. I've been staging homes for over 20 years. Whether they're multi-million dollar island getaways or two-bedroom bungalows, I've helped thousands of homeowners and realtors sell their properties, and now I'd like to help you too. My award-winning book, This Sold House, will give you all the information you need to create a more saleable property with the least amount of money, time, and effort. It's filled with hundreds of quick, easy, and inexpensive ideas. In fact, many of the staging tips cost little or no money and can be done quickly, some in just minutes. And they're all designed to help you sell your home fast, even in today's buyer's market. In my do-it-yourself staging guide, you'll learn the secrets of staging, the keys to a quick sale, and how to use my detailed checklist to stage your home like a pro. But the best part is you can stage it yourself because there's absolutely no decorating savvy required. Even if you've never picked out a paint color, arranged a room, or hung a picture, you'll be able to use my ideas to help you sell your home. What makes it so easy? It's easy because I believe staging is about psychology, not just decorating. And the psychology of a sale is the same whether you're selling a house or a handbag. You need to make buyers feel comfortable with their purchase. My staging techniques make buyers feel comfortable in a space, and it just makes sense. The more comfortable someone feels in your home, the more likely they are to buy it. After all, it takes months to buy a sofa, but only a couple short visits to buy the house you're going to put it in. Why hire a home stager or decorator when you can do it yourself cheaper, faster, and more profitably with this sold house? So if you want to get a better price for your home and get it fast, buy your copy today and turn your old house into your sold house. Turn your old house into your sold house. I take that. Yeah. I wish she had said that in in the beginning. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure if she said this old house or this sold house, but now I know that it's this sold house, which is kind of cute. But maybe she could have emphasized that a little bit more. If she'd have started out with, uh, how can you turn your old house into your sold house or something like that? You know, the thing I liked about that blurb is that it was chock full of benefits. There were so many benefits to the reader. I mean, it was almost like, gosh, I'm not even selling my house and I want to buy the book. I mean, it was like, you know, quick, easy, inexpensive ideas, the least amount of time, little or no money, quickly, just in some in just minutes, you could sell your home fast, you know, stuff like that, keys to a quick sale. She's got a detailed checklist, and, and then she, she tagged it off with the best part is that you can stage it yourself. You don't need any decorating savvy, which is great because some people probably would shy away from that kind of stuff, thinking they had to be like, you know, watching the Home and Garden TV channel for months on end to do this. And then she, she talked about the psychology and not the decorating and making people feel comfortable. And it was just chock full of benefits. And that's, that's what I think makes a really great blurb. Well, one thing I, I think I missed was actually, and that is, you know, she definitely talked about the benefits, but she didn't um, describe any of them in depth enough for me. I would have wanted uh, to hear a little more about, uh, you know, how, <laughs> because a lot of folks uh, do talk to us uh, pretty frequently for, I guess, pretty much all my life I've heard people saying, oh, you can make all this money with real estate or this and that. How? Right. Well, you know, it's true. Um, what makes a really good guest on the radio is, is if you actually come through with a few uh, concrete tips. And that, that could yeah. also be something that would be really good for, for these blurbs, is that if you have a how-to book, give us a couple of tips. Because it's, it's fi all fine and good to say, in my book, in my book, you've got this and that. But, you know, give us a couple things. I mean, obviously, some people might think, oh, well, I don't want to give it away. They won't buy my book. But listen, the, rea the reality of the situation is that you'll never be able to tell everybody everything in your book. You're just giving them a little bit of a, of a teaser to give them an idea of something that they can go do right now, check it out, and it will make them want to buy your book even more. So I agree with you there that it would have been great for her to give a couple of quick tips. Like, for example, you know, uh, take an old bottle and fill it with sand and put a lily in it and stick it on the middle of your table or something like that, you know. Anything that would have, she could have said it in five seconds and given us a couple of quick tips like that that could have given us an idea about what she was talking about. Or take a watermelon and carve a face into it and prop that on, up on the middle of the table. Exactly. Whatever, whatever it may be. Just kidding. But um, let's listen to another business blurb. Uh, uh, this is from Gigi uh, Stetler. My life reads like a bestseller, replete with plots, twists, shady characters, and a heroine with many layers. A father figure mentor who gave me a chance later stabbed me in the back. An attacker who literally stabbed me 21 times and left me for dead. A good old boys network of an industry that conspired to keep me out. I operate in a man's world carving out my own path to success. I have rewritten the rules and redefined the business climate. Every time I got knocked down, I quickly got up and dusted myself off and quickly started again. I was born out of failure. I wrote this book not as a professional writer. I wrote it as if we were sitting around the kitchen table drinking a cup of coffee and having an honest conversation. My name is Gigi Stetler. I'm an accomplished entrepreneur as well as an unstoppable inspiration and a woman who didn't finish the 10th grade and has built an $18 million empire. Unstoppable is the perfect read for those of you who think you've had a bad day. 
I have inspired many who were ready to give up on life, love, work, and relationships. Unstoppable is the story of my life. I wrote it in part as a way to exercise the many demons that I have plagued me all of my life. But more importantly, to show other women and just as many men that when life happens to you, you happen right back. Don't give up. Don't give in. Just get back up and start rebuilding your life as quickly as possible, as I did, and as you will after you read Unstoppable. Now that was that was charged with energy. Yeah, you know, it's, gosh, it kind of scared me at the beginning. Um, it's the part about attacker stabbing her 20 times. Uh, something about a father figure, I'm not exactly sure what that was up about, but it's true, her her life does read like a bestseller. But this is fascinating, the fact that she was able to create a multi-million dollar empire. But again, what we were talking about before, give us a little bit of how. How did she do this? Right, she had me, uh, this is a very different blurb than the last one, because at the, um, the last one she had me at the very ending, uh, had that beautiful uh, line at the end, this time she she had me at the very beginning where she said my life reads like a bestseller. I love that. Now, um, now would you be willing to just replay the first literally 20 seconds? I just I I, I missed that. It was like so quick. Sure, let's I, listen to it. Gigi Stella, here's the beginning of her blurb again. Here we go. My life reads like a bestseller, replete with plots, twists, shady characters, and a heroine with many layers. A father figure mentor. There we go. Oh wait! I did. I was just. About you want to, more? Ah, more. No, but I, but I mean, you know, she she from there she just kind of lists a bunch of stuff. Right, but I was curious about what had happened to her in real in real life. Well, then she might have had a good blurb, if if she makes you curious. Yeah. But and you she, didn't know I mean, what it was in the first listening. Well, here's the interesting thing about all of this is that I didn't think that I was interested in business books, but this this. Uh, this is making me very interested. I mean, it's also, you know, it's the rags to riches story. You know, she started off with, with no kind of, um, any kind of privileged life, and yet she built an $18 million empire. So how did she do this? I mean, I'm very curious. I'm sure everybody would like to know how she did this. So it, make, it, it created curiosity, but I wish she would have added a little bit more detail. Did, we, did she use the, the full three minutes? Um, I, I don't think so, no, probably about two. Yeah, I think that she could have done a lot in that third minute there. Well, and one thing is her, her delivery was fantastic. Uh, there's no question about that. Her poise was great. Um, she had punch in it. But I, I, I felt like there was something missing that I sort of expect in a business book, and that is the how-to element. I mean, there has the to be a, a little bit of that. Um, just because who's going to pick this book up in the airport when they're on their business trip? It's going to be somebody who wants to be that millionaire. Exactly. I mean, I do like that she said it was kind of written in the way, you know, she's just sitting around the table. She she only had an eighth grade education. I mean, all of this is very, very inspiring and uh, create, creates a lot of curiosity. And it's sort of, you know, she is us, so we, we kind of, you know, relate to her in that way. But, yes, in terms of a blurb, we definitely need a little bit more of the how. All right, let's listen to another one, I say. Um, this is from a fella, uh, Jay Forte. Love Talk Radio. Workplaces across the country, even those in so-called recession-proof industries, have found the need to get more done with less, particularly with fewer employees. Today, each employee must contribute more. 
That means that each employee must be excited, engaged, and passionate about what they do to make a difference with customers and the business. But statistics indicate that only 20% of employees actively contribute at work. Most do just enough not to get fired. The problem? Employees are mismanaged. Many managers continue to use an outdated industrial age command and control approach to managing today's intellectual workforce. This mismanagement diverts powerful workplace energy into a battle of wills instead of into a united, collaborative, and effective focus on performance. Employees underperform. They become disconnected and disengaged. Management must change. Performance and results require it. Fire Up Your Employees and Smoke Your Competition has been created to help millennial managers learn how to connect with employees and how to connect employees to performance. Fire Up is an activity-based book that presents both the theory of millennial management and a practical step-by-step -step implementation process. It helps all managers become proficient with its hands-on activities and exercises hosted on the book supporting website at www.fireupyouremployees.com. The workplace has changed, and command and control management is out. It sends employees away. Today, managers must engage and inspire to ignite performance. Employees must be good at what they do and love what they do to perform. They must feel connected to their work and to their managers. So if you want your employees to love what they do and make a difference with customers and results, this book is for you. If you want to connect with employees and be instrumental in helping them achieve their best, this process will work for you. If you want an organization that actively contributes, innovates, creatively solves issues and invents opportunities, this book will guide you. If you want to attract and keep great employees and have loyal customers who praise your employees, this book will empower you. If you manage, lead, or coach others, this book will inspire you. By understanding millennial management, its theory, and developing the practice and proficiency with its approach, you will see a dramatic change in your connection with and the engagement levels of your employees. As employee engagement increases, you will see greater contribution, greater responses, and less turnover. Your workplace will attract only the best and retain only the best. They'll become more fired up about what they do, and when fired up, they'll smoke the competition. Hmm. What do you think? Well, you know, interesting. The first thought that I had, <laughs> not even about the blurb, was that it seems like good managers are good managers because they're good managers, and maybe bad managers are bad managers, and they may not read a book like this. Uh, he just might be somebody that's a natural type of manager. And can you really teach this stuff? I mean, maybe you can. Can you teach someone how to be a good manager? That's, that's kinda, like, you're, you're kind of taking on the whole business category in a way. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's a, a very valid point, though, um, especially with a book that is so specific um, to the manager, you know, how to – fire up your employees, one funny thing about that is that it implies that the employees need firing up. Um, it's not for firing up the manager. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think sometimes the managers need managers. Right. Well, so managers. one interesting thing about the book, did he say something about millennials in there? Well, see, that's the thing. I, I wasn't even sure exactly what the name of his book was. I think it was Millennium Management. But I thought was, so, too, 
but then, then I checked his website, and it's fire up your employees. But right. but there was something about managing the millennials, and I thought that would have been a great angle because uh, a lot of managers don't know how to work with the young generation. Well, right, and then I thought he was talking about, yeah, I thought millennium management was would have been a good title. Um, yeah, very interesting. I'm not exactly sure what he was saying. I thought he said millennium management. It was it was a little unclear. Right. It it definitely, but it, one thing it did do the blurb, which was great, is that it was very much uh, geared towards the buyers of business books. Um, you know, he said, "Here is you know a, a way of um, working with your employees. It's it's about managing. It's about business. So it's very specific to the genre. So I appreciated exactly. that. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, my my brother's in management." And uh, I think my brother does a great job managing because he's kind of a people person. And, you know, I've heard stories about people that have really bad experiences as employees because they hate their managers. And it just seems like you've got to be a people person in order to be a, a, an effective manager. And it was interesting because perhaps um, this book really does have, uh, you know, advice that can really help managers that perhaps don't have these specific skill sets. But so maybe we're a little unclear on who the target is. Yeah. I mean, it think that it, he said it was basically for, you know, uh, this book will lead or empower you, and uh, it's for organizations to connect with employees. Um, I, think, I think from the blurb that he sounded like he was targeting managers. But if you're not a good manager, are you really going to know that well, you're not a good manager. <laughs> he's targeting he's targeting managers, but the book is tar- targeting employees. So it's, it is confusing when you when you do a blurb, you have to be very clear that this is a book uh, for managers how to f- excite your employees and say that a few times. So stupid people like you and me, you know, uh, you have to think about the person listening as stupid, even though we're not stupid. We don't get it the first time through. So say it a couple times so we get it. Okay, so wait, explain that to me again, what you said. It's targeted at managers, but it's targeted as employees. You kind of have to explain it really slowly to people and say, you know, this is a book (laughs) for managers about firing up your employees. And say that a few times, and when we come away from it, we say, oh, I get that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because it was a little mixed up together. So it was a little unclear, well, okay, so you're, you know, are you the employer? Are you the manager? But it tells but I, you a little. It tells you a little bit about, um, you know, if we read it, we would probably get it. But when we listen, we didn't necessarily get it. So it's part of, you know, when you're delivering a blurb, you have to think people are listening to me. So what do I want to really stick out? Yeah, that's a good point. I I thought that he did great though. He also um, did something that's a very good uh, thing in a blurb, which he, he gave statistics. That's right. something that's very, you know, media loves statistics. Twenty percent. Of uh, you know, 20% of employees do just enough to get by. Uh, uh, you know, 15% of this are mismatch. I think he, he used one statistic. I think it's something like 20% of of all employees do just enough to get by. I think that was what it was. But that that's something that that all that all of us um, need to do in terms of um, uh, getting together our, our information. Because when you promote your book and you go on the radio, um, the, the number one thing that attracts um, uh, producers on, on a radio show is a 
bullet point list, and, and they should have statistics in there. That really gets gets the producers. I, I uh, put together a media release um, that was very effective, had a bunch of bullet points with statistics, and it was very easy to get booked on the radio. People with the media and uh, production love statistics. So if anybody out there... Um, is thinking about pr um, promoting their book on the radio, I would, I would definitely urge you to go and find some statistics about the topic that you've written about. Well, uh, let's listen to another one. What do you say? Sounds good to me. Uh, and uh, this guy's named John Putzier. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, hopefully he will. So here we go, John Putzier in business category. Blog Talk Radio. Whatever happened to the good old days when people were normal? They looked normal, they acted normal, they showed up, they shut up, and they did their jobs. They went home, and they came back and did it again and again and again until retirement. Well, those days are gone, and they're not coming back. Hi, my name is John Poutier, and I am the author of Weirdos in the Workplace, The New Normal, Thriving in the Age of the Individual. And if you're a 20-something or early 30-something, it's all your fault. You are the age of the individual. And one of the premises of this book is that as goes the world, so goes the workplace. And in the age of the individual, everyone wants instant fame and fortune. Everyone wants to stand out from the crowd at almost any cost. That's why reality TV has been the most popular and lucrative form of entertainment for the past decade. So what does all this mean to you? Well, if you're an employer, you need to know how to attract, retain, and motivate these people. And if you're one of them, you need to know how to succeed by maximizing your value, value as an individual, by learning how to stand out from the crowd in productive and positive ways. Weirdos in the Workplace covers the entire gamut of behaviors, from the absurd to the just plain annoying, from transsexualism to body odor, through 32 real-life case studies and analyses for each one. The book also has formulas and techniques for succeeding in the age of the individual. It's a handbook for understanding the world of work for today and the foreseeable future. To get an autographed copy of Weirdos in the Workplace, go to www.weirdosintheworkplace.com. That's W-E-I-R-D-O-S-I-N-T-H-E-W-O-R-K-P-L-A-C-E.com. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. That was cute. I mean, you know, the very interesting thing about him is that he told us what we needed to know. He's clearly been, uh, he, he knows how to talk to the media, I think. Well, he did great. I mean, you know, th this book was clearly, you you nailed it when you said, you know, you should say who the book is for. He did that right away. He said it was for both the employer and the employee. So we right, right away knew that, you know, if, if you are... Um, uh, an employer, you need to know how to motivate your employees. If you're an employee, how do you stand out? So he was a he was a tribute, you know, he was basically speaking to both sides of the fence. So this book could be for anybody, for anybody in any kind of job. But I thought it was really funny. It was laced with uh, humor from the title to, you know, if you're in your 20s and 30s, it's your fault. And then bringing in the whole aspect of reality TV and making the uh, particular analogy there and how. Uh, it's been the most popular, lucrative uh, medium for the past decade, et cetera. So I thought it was interesting. I think it's going to appeal to a lot of younger people. Well, I like. Well, see, yeah. here's the funny thing. I, I I really dug it because he started out 
almost making me bristle because I'm, you know, I, I'm 30 years old. I'm part of that generation. But that was part of the beauty of the blurb. He he um, built tension into it by saying, <laughs> you know, what happened to those people that just show up to work on time and, you know, uh, saying, oh, these stupid kids. But then he, towards the end, talks about, you know, from transsexuals to uh, to body odor, you know, going through <laughs> case studies. And it's fascinating how he, yeah. how he built it. Well, I'm interested because I wonder, from the sound of his voice, he sounded like he was older than 20s or 30s. Oh, absolutely. He sounded like he was like somebody that had been there, done that, and now he's coming back to share his, you know, his sagely advice. But what I would have liked to have heard more is that why should we listen to John Poutier? What makes him the expert, and why should we be listening uh. to his advice? Right, and and that's the you know the first thing that I find online is that he's the president of a performance improvement consultancy, <laughs> you know, and that's something that yeah he could have and he'd been uh, you know a professor at Carnegie Mellon and this and that so those kind of things yeah that would help. Yeah, indeed, because you know what this show is all about is that honestly we are here to help you promote your book, and if you leave stuff like that out. You know, without us sitting there critiquing and discussing it, uh, people might, if Kent, had you not been Googling him and going to his website, uh, we might not have known that he was the president of the performance consultancy. So, you know, put that in there. Don't be shy. This is, this is not, you know, about um, holding back. Let people know right off the bat. I am the president of the performance consultancy, and that is why I am the expert here to tell you exactly why weirdos in the workplace, da da da, da whatever. So, Give yourself some credibility if if you are, you know, um, coming from a place where you can u- use that, and uh, let us let it, let the audience know. We want to feel like we want to feel. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we want to feel like we can trust the person that we're reading, and if we know that somebody really knows what they're talking about, we'll be much more likely to pick up the book. Don't you think? Yeah, um, there is there is one more aspect to it that I have to say, you know, just like you said, I'm I'm sitting here Googling around while speaking uh, as a good example of my generation, um, letting media flow past me, working on Twitter at the same time. And and I'm looking at uh, John Putzier's, uh, uh who he is and what he's done, and he is a quite a established author. This book has done very well. It was put out by a uh, a very good publisher, uh, Financial Times Prentice Hall, uh, and that that is some some of the polish that I heard in his delivery, and it's interesting um, that you know with a couple of these steps um, uh, he could absolutely improve even his blurb, and he's been on places like CNN and this and that. But to to just in a couple words, you know, we don't have the the scrolling thing at the bottom of the screen saying, you know, this is what he did with his life. He has to actually tell us. Exactly. And it's interesting because, um, you know, when you have the situation where you're not on the spot and you have some time to think about it in advance, perhaps write it out and create a blurb, it gives you the advantage of, of, of not forgetting the important aspects. It's, it's funny. I had an experience yesterday, and it really surprised me. But um, <laughs> basically, 
basically I did this this bridal event yesterday, and when you know there was a, there was media there, and they they came over to my booth, my table, and asked me to speak to the camera. I think they were going to be doing some kind of YouTube video, and I thought, great, I'll, I'll give my elevator speech. And after about the second sentence, I I, lo- I lost it. I, I I honestly could not remember the third sentence of my elevator speech, and it was almost like a shock because when you get put on the spot like that. You know, it's it's something that you really, um, you know, it it ha- it's a, it has to be practiced. It's something that you can't necessarily just pull off the top of your head. It's and it's funny because I have practiced my elevator speech so many times, but it was the excitement of the room, and then somebody came over and said, "Hey, you know, um, give us give us a couple things." And uh, it was just interesting because in this particular setting, when people do have the time to set it up and read it and write it out, um, they, they're not being put on the spot, so it's an opportunity to put everything in there possible to get people interested in your book, in your concept, in your business. So let's listen to another another uh, blurb here from Mary Gormandy White, also, of course, like all of them today, in the business category. Here we go. Finch. Looking for a book that will help you learn how to promote your business effectively without having to have a great deal of experience in PR and publicity? 101 Successful Campaign Tips in the Life Tips book series is a terrific book for you. My name is Mary White, and I am the author of this book. I am the owner of a training and consulting firm and have worked uh, in advertising and public relations for many years. After being out of the industry for about 10 years, I started a small business and realized that the art of generating publicity for your business had really changed during the period of time that I had been out of the PR field. So I spent a lot of time learning how to effectively promote a business from the perspective of a small business owner. And what you'll find in my book, 101 Successful PR Campaign Tips in the Life Tips book series, is practical tips and suggestions that you can put to work to help you effectively promote your business. So when you're looking for a way to establish yourself as an expert in your field and to make people interested in learning more about what your organization has to offer, there's no better book for you. The book is available from Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, and you can learn more about me and my business, MTI Business Solutions, on our website, www.mobiletechwebsite.com. Remember, if you want to learn to promote your business effectively, you need to look at what you do through a PR filter. I thought one thing, again, it's it's running through actually several of our blurbs today. I, I missed some of those tips. She said it was 101 successful PR campaign tips. I wanted to know a few. Yeah, again, the how. Well, you know, it might have been tif- difficult because I'm sure every business is, is different unless there's some kind of underlying thread. But I, it sounds like that, um, that each business is going to be a, a little bit different, but... Uh, yeah, that would have been nice to to hear a few of those tips. Absolutely. And let's squeeze another one in here um, uh, by Shell Horowitz. Uh, let's listen to this one in the business category. And we're going to be talking to our special guest soon. Uh, tell us a little more about her. Oh, right now? 
Well, sh- sure. Shall I tell you about her now? Okay, well, her name is Judy Lederman, or Letterman. I'm not exactly sure. We'll have to ask her how she pronounces it. She is a former vice president with the prestigious Rubenstein Associates and market analyst with Consumer Reports magazine. She has navigated both sides of the camera and has marketed a diverse group of clients. From packaged good companies to well-known dot-com companies, Judith's clients have ended up on television, radio, and in newspapers and magazines. She has brought both fame to both consumer and high-tech companies that include many recognizable names. As a PR expert, Judith takes her own advice. She has appeared on Oprah, Dateline NBC, CNN, Headline News, in the New York Times, the New York Daily News, McCall's Parents, the National Examiner, Working Women, and Working Mother, to name a few publications. She is the founder and principal of JSL Publicity and Marketing in Scarsdale, New York. Cool. Sounds pretty exciting. So we're going to talk to her, hopefully, um, right after uh, we talk about this next blurb. Uh, this is by Shell Horowitz. Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Do you think nice guys really finish last? Well, it isn't true. In fact, you'll find that when you are nice, when you are helpful, and when you run your business with the highest standards of ethics, eco-friendly policies, and service, you can actually achieve success more easily than the cutthroats and nasties. Principled profit, marketing that puts people first, shows you how step-by-step. This groundbreaking, award-winning book has been endorsed by 80 successful entrepreneurs and marketers, including Chicken Soup for the Soul co-creator Jack Canfield, the founder of MarketingSherpa.com, Ann Holland, Mr. Guerrilla Marketing himself, J. Conrad Levinson, former U.S. Secretary of Labor Robert B. Reich, Mark Joyner of Simpleology, and many others. It's been republished by large publishers in India and Mexico and sold a 1,000 copies to Southwest Airlines. This book will get you thinking about success in a new, fresh, and startling way, using techniques that cost nothing or almost nothing. My name is Shell Horowitz, and Principled Profit is one of my eight books. I wrote it because I know that nice guys of either gender finish first, not last, and I want you to experience that success too. Please visit www.principledprofit.com. That's P-R-I-N-C-I-P. L-E-D-P-R-O-F-I-T, PrincipledProfit.com, to learn more about the success you can achieve in business by doing the right thing. And again, um, it's funny how um, when we point something out, it really uh, becomes a feature. Um, I I felt uh, it was a great blurb. Um, uh, I talked about Principled Profit and... and, uh, uh, but then I w- really wanted to know, uh, you know, a couple examples. Yeah, I mean, look, he didn't—he definitely didn't suffer from um, shyness. He told us that it was endorsed by 80 people, and he named a few, you know, stars: Jack Canfield, Jay Conrad Levinson, and Mark Joyner. And uh, you know, talked about um, I think what he did—I I forget exactly. I, I, I recognize the name. Is—is is he sort of a famous figure? Can you Google oh, Shell Horowitz right now and see see what comes up? Because I think yeah, I'm Shell sure. Horowitz is a pretty well known fellow. Um, as was um, John Poitier. Okay. Uh, both of them yeah. in the in that category. Um, speakers, um, you know, and and I think the interesting thing is, you know, what, and obviously, um, you know, our 
person early on in the show who who had that successful business. These are these are people that write business books are often very successful speakers, very rich people uh, at the top of companies, um, and um, you know sometimes they get some of those quotes perhaps because they're personal friends with some of those famous people. Indeed, it could be true, absolutely. Um, although I found that as a, as a complete unknown, I was able to get uh, 25 endorsements from a couple of well-known people, but mostly I think that it's not necessarily the, the – I think endorsements from any authors can be credible just because the, the sheer fact that, that uh, the person is an author can give it credibility, author of, for example – so even though he had a lot of big names endorsing him, I think I've heard that the statistic is that it doesn't make that much of a difference who endorses your book as long as you have a nice endorsement. Well, how about how about if, um, of course, Sally Shields, my co-host, has the book, um, uh, The Daughter-in-Law Rules. What if what if you'd gotten an endorsement from the author of Dummy's Guide to Fishing? <laughs> well, I mean, at, I think you've got to at least uh, <laughs> get somebody that matches your message, you know, possibly. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, that's, and, and really, that's the funny thing. Like, if, if you wrote a fishing guide, yeah, absolutely. That's the perfect person to choose. Uh, it doesn't have to be someone who's necessarily world famous. Uh, it doesn't have to be Oprah. If you get Oprah on the back, great. But um, Oprah might not have much to say about fishing. You never know. And she might not have much to say about the daughter-in-law rules either, considering that she's not married and doesn't have a mother-in-law or a daughter-in-law. She doesn't have children either. So maybe Oprah wouldn't have been the best person to give me a blurb either. But you never know. I mean, in <laughs> politics now, we're hearing about the South Carolina fella who uh, had a second second lady out down there in Argentina. Maybe Oprah has a secret family down in South America. Well, you never know. You never know. <laughs> So we're waiting here for our special guest, and we're hoping that uh, that she'll call in. In the meantime, do you want to listen to our last blurb of the day? Sure. Well, well let's see. Are we already on number seven? I think we're on number eight. Really? I had I thought we were on number. I thought that was number six, but I'm not. I'm not counting very well. So one, two, three, um, I'll, four, I'll, five. Is this the last. Oh one? yeah, you're good. Uh, that's a good point. I can't count very well either. I thought there let's were see. two left. Does eight come after five? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's listen. Let's listen to number six or seven. No, I think I think we're on number seven. Let's listen to number seven. This is <laughs> Will Limkeman. It's a great name in the business category. Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Over the past few months. Thousands of people who have lost their jobs or seen their 401ks dry up have made the decision to join the more than 20 million people who operate their own home-based businesses. The idea of owning a business is the exhilarating ultimate American dream. A successful business can lead to self-fulfillment, personal wealth, and financial security. But starting a business is easy. Being successful is not, as it's well accepted that running your own business is one of the toughest and loneliest jobs around. Entrepreneurs are expected to be experts in every discipline, to be able to do anything and make every decision. Where do they turn for help? Drawing upon my own experience in operating multiple home-based businesses and the experience of other home business owners whom I have advised and coached, I've written a manual filled with practical advice for anyone who wants to start or is currently running a home business. The Successful Home Business Guide starts by helping the reader explore whether he or she 
has what it takes to be an entrepreneur and then how to select the right kind of business. The final chapter even explains how to shut down a business that has run its course. In between is everything needed to operate the business, including product development, home office technology, time management and setting boundaries, marketing and sales, finances, customer service, and even hiring the first employee. The book makes clear that to succeed, it's not enough just to provide a good product or service. It explains that whether you write books, create art, cut grass, or manufacture widgets, your ability to maximize income is directly proportional to how well you market and to the attention paid to administrative details. What do people who have read the book have to say? Ruth, a small business owner, says, The successful home business guide is down-to-earth, very practical, even a bit humorous at times. John, a human resource consultant, says, It's the most comprehensive book I have read about starting a home business. It forces the reader to consider the numerous details that must be addressed with starting a new business. It also serves as a good review for those of us already operating a home business. Kip, an entrepreneur, says, The book is fantastic. It should be read by any current and future home-based business owners. However, even more important, the book is a tremendous tool for all small business owners. It should be read thoroughly once, then read again, then used as a reference book on how to successfully operate a business. My name is Will Lemkeman. The book is The Successful Home Business Guide, and it's available from Amazon.com or directly from the publisher at www.doublewarepub.com. I think that was a real masterful blurb uh, in the sense that um, he really did talk about, I have a sense for what's inside that book. (sighs) Yeah, I thought it was really good as well. Um, He talks about all the different benefits. I I couldn't remember all of them, but how to select the kind of, from everything from how to select the kind of business that might be good for you to how to shut it down when it's run its course and time management, setting boundaries. Well, he, he discovered, he, he put a lot of benefits in there, like all the things that you would think to yourself, well, gosh, this is what I need to know. I'm running my own business. He what, what, I liked, what I liked about the, the first two you said there was he said the very beginning of the book is how to decide whether you want it, and then he said the very end of the book is even how to shut it down if you have to. And for me, that that put like a nice parenthesis on his whole book. That like everything else he said sort of fit somewhere in the middle. Exactly, and it sounds like that he, uh, um, you know, he's been there. So this is why he's the expert. Um, that has that is why why should we listen to him? But but to to kind of um, demonstrate the point of what I was talking about before is that he was reading a lot of wonderful quotes about his book, and they were very very impressive. But I didn't know any of those names, and to me, they were just as compelling, if not more so, than just hearing someone to say, someone saying, well, my book was endorsed by Mark Dorner and Jack Canfield. Well, but, I thought they were, they were even more powerful because it was yeah. very specific. He said, this guy's an entrepreneur. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And they were saying, down-to-earth, most comprehensive book. Uh, and we didn't know who was writing them, but the fact that these people were authors or business people themselves, that held weight in and of itself. So that, that, that's something that I'd like to encourage all the authors out there to do. Go out and get quotes for your book. It doesn't matter if the people are famous or not. If they have credibility as a business owner, as a website uh, founder, as, a, um, as an author, as an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. If they give you a good quote, they hold credibility, and the quote will mean a lot. 
And one thing I liked about the way that he used his quotes is that um, it's pretty hard to brag about yourself. Um, and a couple of the other blurbs, people tried it, um, but it's very difficult to say my book's great because I wrote it really beautifully and because I'm awesome, right? It's, it's very difficult to do that. Um, it can be effective at times, um, but what he did well is he took a very um, targeted and um, specific quotes from uh, industry people, and he put them in a place where he's talking about himself, but he can do it in someone else's words. Exactly, and that was a really excellent technique, I think, in order to get, get that in there. Cool. So let's listen to our very last blurb. Um, it is now up up there uh, by Susan uh, Weinschenk. Uh, let's listen to her blurb. Here we go. Hi, my name is Susan Weinschenk, and I'm the author of Neuro Web Design, What Makes Them Click. Did you know that every second there are 11 million pieces of information coming into your brain? These are coming from things you see and things you hear and your sensory receptors uh, from touch. But only 40 of those 11 million pieces of information are processed consciously. Most of them are processed unconsciously. Most mental processing is outside of our conscious awareness. I have a PhD in psychology and for 30 years, I've been applying psychology to the design of technology, websites, and software. I'm sometimes called the brain lady because I like to stay current on the latest research on the human brain and neuroscience and how to apply that research to the design of software and websites. And that's what neural web design, what makes them click, is all about. Have you ever wondered why some websites are more interesting and compelling than others? Why do people have favorite websites that they return to again and again? What makes some websites more persuasive than others? Well, in the book I talk about the fact that humans actually have three brains, not one. We have an old brain, a midbrain, and a new brain. And websites that speak to all three brains are the ones that are the most persuasive. The new brain is your cortex. It's the part of the brain that actually is, for instance, listening to me talk and analyzing the words. That's the conscious part of the brain that we are most familiar with. The midbrain is the part of the brain that deals with emotions. And the old brain is the part of the brain that deals with survival. The midbrain and the old brain are unconscious. We are not aware of the processing that's going on in those parts of the brain. And they are very powerful in influencing our decisions. The old brain, for instance, is interested in scanning the environment at all times and asking the questions, can I eat it? Can I have sex with it? Will it kill me? So it's always interested in your survival and your danger. It's very afraid of losing and of being hurt. So websites that design themselves so that they speak to the old brain, they get our attention if there's anything about food or sex or anything that makes us fearful of losing or anything with danger that will grab our attention. Websites that talk to our emotional brain will be very influential. So websites that use pictures and stories to grab us emotionally. And then on 
when we're making our decision unconsciously, we still need that rational, conscious, logical reason for doing what we're doing. We actually might be purchasing that camera or donating to that that website not because it's a good buy or we care. It actually might be an unconscious reason, but we need that conscious reason to stick on top. In the book, I talk about things like why do people tend to pick the first item on the list? Why are ratings on customer reviews at a website so powerful? So if you're interested in what makes people tick and therefore in what makes people click, check out my book, Neuro Web Design, What Makes Them Click. Well, she definitely had many elements in there, um, but I feel like um, I needed a bit of a sieve to get to them. Hmm. It, it was interesting because, you know, she's a Ph.D. She, it's very interesting, I think, that she specifically is using her knowledge to apply it to software and websites. And all of the, you know, the, the three types of the brain and how she's applying this to business, I found it kind of interesting in a sort of indirect way. I mean, I just thought it was a very niched kind of a thing that was kind of fascinating. Absolutely. I mean, a lo- she had a lot of, you know, she had all, all sorts of uh, statistics in there, you know, 11 million pieces of information every minute, but only 40 out of those 11 million are processed consciously and so what does the book what does the book really teach you? Well, you know, maybe it teaches you how to have a better website. <laughs> I don't know. It I could. Think it teaches you about websites and what makes people click. It's it's kind of I guess a lot of different things are involved in in that book and yeah, I what do you think the book is about? For for me, the as someone who teaches uh, um at the university, I, I and one who was a student for a very, very long time, um, I think certain people talk just a little too much. Uh, and I think the ideas in this thing are absolutely stunning. I, there's no question that I would pick this book up. Don't get me wrong. But I think the blurb itself uh, and the way of presenting the book um, and all of that needs a little more of a PR touch. It needs a, needs a little more of... Here's the concept in a nutshell, and then here's a couple elements out of it, and here's the information again. Um, and then maybe use the extra time to, to elaborate on the examples. But I felt like it, it rambled a little. Well, you know, it, it, just so folks out there listening don't think that we're just sort of like um, judging these blurbs willy-nilly, we actually have a set of criteria that, we, that we've decided, you know, in advance so that things would be sort of fair, and the four things that we came up with, it was funny because we we had, a, like, paragraphs of things that we're talking about, and they ended up <laughs> being watered down to four words, bling, clarity, information, and delivery, and I thought, you know, I think you're right, I think it lacked a little bit of, you know, delivery, perhaps it wasn't delivered in the best possible way, it, it did have a lot of information, uh, I think it lacked a tiny bit on the clarity, because neither of us were quite sure what the book was about. And it and, lacked a little bling. And it lacked a little bling as well, so yeah. maybe that's why the But the information category was just so good. Yes, that... the information category <laughs> was fantastic. 
but I think you know it, it does fall. It's fascinating this this range of blurbs that we've had today, and it was a special show because we had eight complete blurbs, and it really showed us the the range of different books within the business category. Absolutely, and the thing is that what we're here for is we want to help people learn how to better promote themselves because you know what in the publishing industry out there they're not going to do it for you you know even if you're signed with a random house or simon and schuster or a wiley because that's an, i think that's like the number one publisher for business books they are just not going to do it for you and and you're going to be the one to have to go out there and sell it so we want to really point out the things that, that you can improve so that you can have a more successful time uh, promoting your your very own book because that's what it's all about. It's about getting your book out there so that people can benefit from your experience. And something that I say almost every week on this show is that really the only two things that you need to have a successful book book are to to have a passion for your topic and to have a sincere desire to help people. And you know, you didn't write a book so that it would just sit there on a computer file in the sky. You wrote the book and put all of your time and hard sweat and efforts and tears into it because you wanted it to get out there and help people. So that's why you need to sell it. You want people to read the book so that you can help people the best way that you know how. And that's why we're here to help people sort of, you know, see where they can do better promoting themselves, how they can create better blurbs so that they can, you know, get people more interested in in all of their hard work and all of their expertise that should be out there on a bigger, grander scale. And it was it was really fascinating to see, um, you know, for us, uh, for people listening to the show, uh, if you hear me being deadpan or funny or critical or this and that, the great thing about this show is that we have a, a forum to do that. And we absolutely admire all eight authors that were on the show today. And uh, we're, we wish them all the best for their books. And we're psyched uh, to see how they uh, to see how they do. And uh, so. Tune in uh, uh, next week, of course, and then go to BlurbRadio.com to find out who won Blurb uh, Book of the Week honors, and uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Uh, you have anything else to say there, Sally? Oh, good. I was really hoping we'd get that outro music in there today. Good night, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for sharing your wonderful words with us and being in the chat room of everybody there that joined us this week on Blurb. And Dr. Kent, thanks so much. And I hope uh, everybody picks up a great book and reads it. And uh, you too, Sally. <laughs> Have an awesome evening, and we'll we'll talk to everybody soon. Good night. <laughs>